standing as we uh, read our scripture for today. This is Jesus um, walking on a Sabbath day, and it says, this is coming out of Mark chapter 2. It says, one Sabbath day, as Jesus was walking through some grain fields, his disciples began breaking off heads of grain to eat. But the Pharisees, these are like the religious leaders of the day, uh, kind of like whenever you mention them in scripture, it's kind of like Darth Vader enter, entering the room. You have that, that music, that theme is like, oh, dun, dun, dun. Yeah. Here, here they come and they're not happy. It says, look, why, why are they breaking the law by harvesting grain on the Sabbath? I'll break that down in a little bit. Uh, Jesus gives them an Old Testament example as to what they're witnessing. And then in verse 27, he says, the Sabbath, this thing that you're so upset about, the Sabbath was made to meet the needs of people and not people to meet the requirements of the Sabbath. And then he, he takes it a step further. He says, so the Son of Man is Lord even over the Sabbath. And, and right there he's saying, I'm God. That's, that's basically translation of what he's saying. Uh, this starts up a firestorm <laughs> uh, in Jesus' day. We're going to break that down. Uh, in a little bit. But before we do, I want you to go greet uh, three, four, five people. And the question is, how are you? A very simple question. You can talk to them and say, hey, how are you doing? But you don't get to say, you don't get to say, fine, good, busy, or tired, okay? Break out of them. Yeah, yeah, you're going to have to use your brain. You can't say fine, you can't say good, you can't say busy or tired. Go say hello to three, four uh, people, meet someone new and say hello and uh, let them know how you're doing. All right, I want to welcome in our Church Online family. Uh, many of you uh, have, have you've, you've come to know us first uh, through our online, uh, and you can even do it now. We're live streaming, but uh, our Church Online family, I just want to welcome them in, and I'm so grateful for, for you guys. You guys can share. Actually, you have a comment uh, right on the, uh, uh, in the comment section for you guys to be chatting about uh, on the live stream as well. One of the reasons I'm doing fantastic, I absolutely love pastoring this church. We just turned five years old in, in January, so we're still a baby church. We're getting our legs and kind of moving forward. And, and so all those things, there's so many things that are just fun and exciting. Uh, our kids program and Mr. Seth, yesterday, uh, for those of you guys who went, we'd had, we went to the Nature Center yesterday, had a, a, a 10, 15 families. We just had a good treasure hunt, hanging out together, kids having a lot of fun, eating lots of candy. Uh, and doing things. We have a middle school group that is going to be starting up in March. So if, if you're a middle schooler in here, uh, I, and we might even allow some sixth graders in there too, uh, we're getting that set to start in March. So just be open and knowing what's going on. I think they're going to meet on Thursday nights. I could be wrong on that, but the information is going to be getting out probably this week to, to nail some of those things down. Um, also next week, you're next week is going to be very special. We've never done anything like this before. But Ryan Gilbert, many of you know Ryan Gilbert from Young Life, he's going to come here. But we have three or four teenagers that are coming, and they're going to be right here on this stage, and they're going to be sharing their God sightings. What are God sightings? It's where did you see God this week? Where did you see God move in your life? Where did you see God move in someone else's? Uh, and um, they have some phenomenal things where they've seen God move in their life. God's moving in young life and teenagers through these guys. And so I'm just like, I don't know. I know a hint of what they're going to share and I'm already pumped. And so 
Um, next week, come back because it's going to be a very special time where teenagers, teenagers, and I used to work with teenagers in this town for 10 years. That's where my heart is. It's where I got my start. They're going to be leading the way, and you're going to be inspired. So next week's going to be very, very uh, a special week, uh, too. And then last thing, you guys are so generous. Like the stories just keep coming in about your generosity and the way that you give. And, and we've been in this open house series where we're talking about different things, tough things. And like, I, I'm kind of surprised you keep coming back because we talked about money and <laughs> kind of the message is like, hey, the way we handle money is backwards. <laughs> and, and we talked about community. The way we do community is backwards. Today, I'm going to talk about your schedule and the way we have filled it up is backwards. And so I keep feeling like I'm like preaching a message like, hey, we're all getting this wrong. And then we come back and we're like, okay, we're, 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 we're working on it. But you guys are so generous and so loving in the stories that keep coming. We helped pay for someone's dental work this past week because they didn't, the insurance fell through on it and they didn't have a way to, to pay for it and they were hard up and we were able through our Loveless Alamos Fund to do that. Um, James, uh, he was sharing about how some of you guys have come over and shoveled his snow and, and help remove a stove out of his place and get that replaced. Like, it's not just financial. You, you're so generous with your serving and your time. Like, I just want to say thank you. As a pastor, I'm like, this is fun to actually go and help people out in town. And there's so many more stories that I could share of how you guys are stepping up day in and day out and helping out people. So I just, I, I'm, I'm grateful. I'm grateful. I'm grateful. Um, so Jesus, back to our passage, Jesus is getting hounded because his guys are eating and p pulling grain on the Sabbath. Now, back in the day, the Jews were super legalistic about this churchy word called the Sabbath. All right. And we've heard this word and it may already trigger some religious things. You might have your own idea. I want to kind of break that down. But for them, it was it was very much a legalistic thing. You did no work on the sabbath you couldn't even do you know pull these uh these heads of grain to to eat them and so in the first century in jesus's time uh jesus said he said this phrase he says uh sabbath was made to meet the needs of people and not people to meet the needs of sabbath so for them they probably needed to focus in on the back half of, half of that that verse that people are not made for the Sabbath. Okay, 21st century us, we are on the complete opposite end of the spectrum. Okay, we are not legalistic at all when it comes, most of us, when it comes to the Sabbath, taking a Sabbath and taking a day off. We are not legalistic about this. We would, if Jesus was here today, and where I'm going to kind of emphasize today, need to focus in on the first part of what Jesus said, where he said the Sabbath was made to meet the needs of people, all right? In a way, God created this thing, and as I'm going to try to help us unpack and explore, and see, this is a gift that God is trying to give you in your schedule. This is a gift and, and not a burden. Um, and so uh, I want to talk real quickly. There was a, uh, about kind of the, the busyness in our life. We know it exists. We know it is, but I want to talk about some symptoms that are kind of in our lives. There was a guy named uh, David Foster Wallace, who's a novelist, and he, he was quoted as saying this in one of his writings. He says, there was two young fish swimming along, and they happened to meet an older fish swimming the other way. 
who nods at them and says, morning, boys, how's the water? And the two young fish swim on for a bit. And then eventually one of them looks over at the other one and goes, what's water? <laughs> they, they, they didn't know what they were in. And I kind of feel like as we're talking about busyness and we're talking about hurry, hurry is the water in the 21st century. That we are going, we don't even know how rushed we are. It, it is just, it is almost just like air. It is there, it exists, it is a part of our life, and we don't quite even understand how much it impacts our relationships, our, our physical health, our spiritual health, and all of these things. It's just there. There's an author called uh, Mark Comer who wrote a book called The Ruthless Elimination of Hurry. And I would, I would recommend that if you are looking seriously like, hey, how can I practically tackle this a little bit further in my life? I really want to do it. It's uh, Mark Comer, The Ruthless Elimination of Hurry. And he's just like, this is just killing us spiritually, this busyness in our lives. And he goes through what he calls uh, the 10 symptoms of, of hurry sickness hurry sickness and 10 symptoms that you might uh, experience and one of them being irritability you just you have this low lay, low grade level of anger um, that's just kind of there all the time very irritable a little short with people hypersensitivity is another symptom where someone just even minor comments can trigger you and, and get you all riled up and the heart rate starts going up your apple watch starts flaring up and talking to you and everything else um, restlessness, you just can't relax. Even when you're trying to relax, you, you can't do that. A workaholic, all right, you just can't stop. And, and we, you know, you, you can talk about like uh, someone being addicted to alcohol or to drugs or pornography or different things like that. And, and, and that can get you fired from a job. But being a workaholic, being addicted to work and always going, that's going to actually in our culture get you promoted. Like it's, it's one of those things that we look at as a, as a, as a good thing. But even, even when like, this is for me, I, this one hits home for me because we're going to watch a movie at home. Well, I'm probably going to be folding laundry or doing something. You can't just sit and watch a movie. I'm a workaholic. Um, emotionally numb. You just, you, you, you're not passionate about anything. Empathy is rare for you. Lack of care for the body, so just the basics, sleep, diet, exercise, those all take a toll. Escapist behaviors, so overeating, overdrinking, binge scrolling, video games. Like if you're playing Madden for like nine hours a day, you're probably escaping something um, there. We all have our own narcotic of choice that we tend to es escape from. Uh, lacking spiritual disciplines, so community, prayer, uh, going to church, reading your Bible. And those are the things that are usually the first to go. When it bumps up against your busy schedule, the first things to go are usually the things that are, that are, that are like, hey, these are helping me grow closer in my relationship with others and closer in my relationship with God. And they tend to get bumped. Uh, isolation is another, is the 10th is the symptom where we start to feel disconnected from other people. We're so busy and on the go. I don't know people. I'm not connected. I feel like I don't belong. And then also isolation. I don't feel connected with God. I don't know about you, but those 10 symptoms, I resonate with too many of them. And, and so I'm just like, uh, uh, uh. and I can live in denial and, or just ignore it. And it's like, ah, yeah, whatever. 
or I can, I can actually accept reality and try to do some of the hard work as to why am I so busy? That question that I asked right before, why? No one else is dictating the pace of life that you live and the schedule that you have. Why? What is going on that you are so busy and so overwhelmed and so tired? Now, I also think about this. You're like, okay, well, we're talking about Sabbath. We're talking about rest. We're talking about stop. Uh, do you remember 2020 where the whole world just shut down and, and stopped and we were all home together <laughs> with our family not doing anything? Mike, that was the most anxious, miserable experience of my life. We were all dying in our homes doing nothing. Like resting sounds worse, like torture. Um, I didn't like that experiment, so I don't know exactly. Again, Sabbath was made to meet the needs of people. So maybe we, we need to focus in on what this is and why is God creating it um, and, and maybe deal with a little bit of my misconceptions. All right, so I want to talk just quickly before I dive. What is, what is it? I want to talk about what it is not, okay? So when we talk about Sabbath, if you grew up in church and you have kind of that religious background, it is not this day where you just stop everything and uh, you're, you're reading your Bible all day, you're praying, you, you got to listen to Caleb all day long, and you have to teach your kids some sort of Bible study lesson that just sounds like torture, and where the Sabbath is a burden and a grind, and you're like, no way, I want no part of that. That's not what it is. That's not what it is. It's also not your day off when he talks about Sabbath. It's not your day off to go run errands and do housework. He's like, oh, well, I'm, you know, this is my day off, and we go and do all the things that we didn't. It's not that either. It's not that either. Sabbath was made to meet the needs of people. A few years ago, we went to McCall's Pumpkin Patch in, uh, uh, down near Moriarty, and we took our boys there having a great time, having a fantastic time. And they had some sort of slushy there that our boys wanted, some lemonade slushy. So we wait in line, we get it, it's three bucks, and they get the slushy. And they, they take a sip and they didn't like it. And it wasn't what they wanted. And they, we had given them like, hey, you get like $5 for the day. Whatever you want to spend it on, have fun, enjoy. Well, they spent $3 on their slushy and they didn't like it. They, they hate it. We're like, ah. And they wanted to go like take it back and get something else. Like that's not how it works. Like money's gone. Like we're there. I'm sorry. This is the choice you made. And they were livid. Okay. Little kids, they don't care. And so they're like just slamming it down on the ground. I don't know. But in the moment, it's just intense. Your kid's having a meltdown at the park with everyone else. And you're like, oh, my gosh, this is a $3 lemonade or whatever. The next day, they didn't, they didn't care. They got, they got removed from the moment, from the situation. They had some time away and got a little bit of perspective. If I were to bring that moment up to them again today, like a year later, they wouldn't even remember what I was even talking about. And they certainly wouldn't be losing their mind over a $3 slushy at the McCall's pumpkin patch. Part of the reason God wants you to take a break, part of the reason he wants you to stop consistently every now and then is to get you some space from whatever it is that's stressing you out to get you a little bit of perspective on that thing in life. 
Because Lord knows we are freaking out, we're stressed out, we're overwhelmed, and we ha somehow come up with this genius idea that doing more or adding more is going to solve the problem. And it only adds to it. This comes to us from, from creation. Let's talk about why God started to do this. There's a couple instances in the Old, Old Testament where, where we see this word Sabbath come up and we see why it was instituted. And it's going to help us a little bit. Let me just pause real fast. The word Sabbath, the word Sabbath, what does it even mean? It, it, it just, it means to stop, to cease, to rest, okay? So this isn't just slowing down. It's like, stop, stop, all right? So just, just with me, you've been wanting to say it all. Stop it. Can you just say that with me? Stop it, all right? If you got little kids in the room, it's like, stop it. Tell them to stop it, stop, you know, fighting, get off, stop. Sabbath, stop. Now, it sounds good, but it, it's also like, Mike, practically, I don't know how this is going to happen. He says this in Exodus chapter 20. Remember the Sabbath by keeping it holy. Six days you shall labor and do all your work, but the seventh day is a Sabbath to the Lord your God. And then he brings it right back to creation. Why are we even doing this? It's in the, it's in the DNA of creation. It's in who God created you to be. So to kind of fight this is to kind of fight your own soul. To fight this is to kind of fight God. All right, why do we do this? Well, in six days, the Lord made the heavens and the earth, the sea and all the things in them. But on the seventh day, he rested. Now, he didn't need to rest. He's God. He's not out of energy. But he's modeling this for us and saying it's wired in our DNA. Therefore, the Lord blessed the Sabbath day and he made it holy. So when I'm going to rest, when I'm going to Sabbath, when I'm going to stop, a couple things to keep in mind. One is rest, one is worship. Rest and worship, rest and worship, rest and worship is kind of the focus of, of what's going on here. Now, I have a religious background, so already I'm kind of triggered by some of these things. You've said Sabbath like 20 times, rest and worship, and I'm like, eh, I don't know if I'm buying it, right? So I kind of, I, let me give you, I'm not trying to change these words, but let me give you other words to maybe think about this. Energy and focus. Energy and focus. What gives you energy? What, what builds, you, builds you up and fills you up? It's not like I got to take a nap when I rest. There are things when I'm resting that can fill me up and bring me, bring me energy. And then what's, what's my focus? Worship can be focused too. I'm focusing in on God. So right here, right here on a Sunday morning, for this hour from 11 to noon, that is a form of Sabbath. That we are, we are stopping from all the craziness of the world. All right. My hope is that this is something that does build you up, that does encourage you, that does fill you up. Even if you came in here kind of like, ah, I don't want to go to church today. Ah, it's hard. You know, I hope you leave here like, man, I'm glad I came today. Like that was a word for me that encouraged me, that strengthened me. I could, I, I didn't have hope, but I have some hope today. I can take a next step of faith. Like that's what I hope you, one of the things. That's, that's energy. And then focus. We're focusing in on God. I got all, I got 99 problems, but I can focus in on Jesus right here, right now and open it. So this is a form of Sabbath. Every time you come in, I'm practicing this principle that God is saying it's meant to give you life. 
This is in the DNA of creation. It is meant to give you life. He blessed and he, he called it holy. Now, when he created things, he, he blessed humanity, right? He said he, he, blessed, he blessed humanity. And, and holy, you kind of think of like, well, isn't that like there's the holy place? Isn't that a location? And he's blessing and calling holy a, a day, a time. He's like, that day, that, that thing that you set aside, that piece of time, I'm putting my blessing on it. I want to be blessed by God. So if I want to be blessed by God in this area, I got to stop. I got to stop. So rest, worship, energy, focus. Now here's what I love about this. All right, why do we do this? Sabbath was meant to be a delight. Sabbath was meant to be a delight. So let me ask you this. If I were to say, hey, who wants a beach day or who wants a mountain day, all right? I know you got beach people and mountain people. Who are my beach people in the room? My beach people are like, hey, I got a choice today where you go beach. Mountain people, who's my mountain? I mean, we do live in the mountains, but all right, all right. All right, looks like we got a lot of mountain people here. All right, hey, what if, if, if Sabbath was experienced the way God, if you experienced it the way God was intending it to be, it would be your favorite day of the week. It is almost as if God was saying, can we just have a beach day once a week, guys? Can you just shut it down for a week and just enjoy a day? Like, stop doing all the stuff, turn off the phone, go to the mountain, get, just enjoy the day. I'm trying to give you a gift. Sabbath was made to meet the needs of people. This is a beautiful thing. This is a beautiful thing. In Deuteronomy is another chapter where we see him talking about Sabbath and we get a few other things. One, it's wired within us, okay? You fight this, you're fighting God. And he's blessed this time. Sabbath isn't just a 24-hour period. Some people, some people would say, hey, it's a, you, know, you gotta have a 24-hour day. That's fine, you could do that. I'm, I'm more of like God's trying to institute a lifestyle. That this isn't just a, about a legalistic 24-hour day. He's like, I kind of want this ingrained in your life daily. Are you taking time to just stop and see people and be present and enjoy what God has given you? Can you do that? Now, there's times, and, and I even try to do this now, where I'm going to set aside a day to try to just do that too. But it's more than just a day. It's a lifestyle. Deuteronomy chapter 5. Observe the Sabbath day by keeping it holy observe that that's an interesting word how do you observe christmas anybody want to shout out what do you what do you what are some things you do to observe christmas spend it with family what else food tamales yes all right hey like we shut down school we plan for this thing we, we go trips, we got family, we got food, we got traditions, we got candlelight services. Like, think about how do you observe something like that? You, you plan for it. Observe the Sabbath. It is meant to be a delight. Now, it's like Christmas, but without all the family drama, all right? Observe it, but without all that stress. Think, well, I, that's why I said beach day or mountain day. You got to plan that day out. You're not, it's, it's, this is not going to happen by accident. But if you experience it the way God intends for it, it's going to be your favorite day of the week, and you are going to plan for it and look forward to it. All right, so for me, like as I'm trying to figure out how am I going to spend my Sabbath, it starts on Fridays, 
and it's usually a feast, all right? For me, I'm like, I am thinking about, and I've shared this before, where it, it, so, sometimes it's been like I get that, that um, chocolate chip cookie base with the little iron skillet thing, a little mini one, and you cook that thing up just right, and then when it comes out of the oven, you got the chocolate chip cookie, and then you put a big old blob of ice cream on top of it, and you're like, I have been looking forward to this meal all week long. Sabbath, like just enjoy. What are the things, what are the things that, that if you could for 24 hours do that would fill your soul with joy, with awe, with reverence? It could be play things to play. It could be painting. It could be dancing. It could be enjoying a long, slow meal with a friend. It could be making love to your spouse. It could be singing. It can be praying. It can be laughing. It can be reading. It can be walking. Like God has wired you uniquely to enjoy certain things in your life. And, and when you experience those things, you give thanks thank you, God, that I get to do this. Well, there was one Saturday where um, we went to Bandelier. They had a free National Park Day or whatever. And so we went. I love to get outdoors and take pictures in nature. And I'm with my boys. And we had a great time. That was my Sabbath. Now, I was dead tired by the end of that day, exhausted because we went to the alcove house and we're walking around doing all things. Sabbath doesn't mean that you're not exerting inner energy. That actually built me up and filled me up. I'm out there taking photographs and the whole time I'm like, I'm with my boys and I'm enjoying nature. This is great. You know who wasn't there? Rita. She wasn't there. And this is important. That was not going to fill her up, all right? We had the conversation beforehand. If you're married, listen, what fills you up and fills your cup is probably not gonna fill your spouse's cup. In fact, might do the opposite. You gotta honor your spouse to say, hey, I'll give you permission, don't go on this trip, enjoy a day by yourself and, and understand that that's okay. Sabbath is meant to be a delight, a joy, not a burden. Now, I also know as I'm going through this, I, am, I got a tough obstacle because we have had this so ingrained in our head that no, I don't do this. Rest is a burden. Mike, I'm a very productive person. I stay busy. Thank you, but I'm not sure about this. Let me remind you, on the seventh day, God rested. Oh, Mike, Mike. I got, my work is busy. Like we got a lot of things going on. I'm, I got a lot of schedules. I got flights. I got a lot of people that I'm managing and stuff. Like on the seventh day, God rested. Mike, I got, I got, I got two little kids at home. Like this is all sounding great in theory. But like, this is not doable or achievable. Maybe later, but now on the seventh day, God rested. He is trying to show you and I that you need this. Part of it is to be a delight. 
fight this, fight, fight what God's trying to do in your life. Now, Sabbath is coming for you. Rest is coming for you. And you can experience it as a delight or you can experience it as a discipline. Because you and I know people who go and they go and they go and they go and they've burned out. And now they're stopped and now they're resting, but by discipline. Or it ended in moral failure. They did something and got themselves so busy and so, so far out of a thing. And now they're stopped and they're resting and ceasing out of discipline. You can experience it out of delight or discipline. I'm choosing delight the way God intended it for it to be. You cannot just continue to go and expect to be okay. Now, second thing, second reason. First reason, delight. Second reason, resistance. It goes on in, De in, in Deuteronomy to say, remember, all right, talking about Sabbath, talking about slowing down, God does this. That means you gotta be able to do this too. Remember, you were slaves in Egypt, all right? You've been rescued out of Egypt. 400 years Israel been slaves in Egypt. That's all they knew. The Lord your God brought you out of there with a mighty hand and an outstretched arm. Therefore, the Lord your God has commanded you to observe, there's that word again, observe the Sabbath day. But this time, instead of talking about creation, where he gives a totally different reason. Instead of saying, hey, this is wired in you, which we know, I'm telling you observe the Sabbath because remember when you were slaves. They, their bodies were free, but their minds were not. A reason we observe the Sabbath is to remember, remember where you were at. You guys were slaves. This is a mindset. This is a mindset to say, I don't have to go back there again. Their body was free, but their mind was still in bondage. If I'm still them, all right, 400 years, these people have been in, in slavery. And then God just say, take a day off? Like, I'm confused. I never had a day off. What is a day off? Slaves couldn't say no. They were just always working. Then there's that scarcity mindset. Like, what if we don't have enough? Like, God said he's going to provide this manna stuff for six days. On the sixth day, you, you gather double, but on the seventh day, don't go out there and get, like, is there going to be enough? I'm not sure. I don't know. A scarcity fear mindset. What will others think? Because it's not just me. Like, all of us, we all work. That's all we've done. And what might they think if I'm unproductive? I'm just sitting here doing nothing while they're working. What are other people going to think? What if I get behind in my work? I'm, I'm supposed to be doing stuff. What if I get behind? Egypt, remember Egypt. He says, do this and remember Egypt. Egypt is alive and well today in the 21st century. What if I get behind in my work? What will other people think if I'm unproductive? Will I have enough if I stop? Will all of this be okay? Slaves, remember Egypt, slaves cannot say no. So, so a reason we observe the Sabbath, part of the reason you observe the Sabbath is for freedom. What can you not say no to? What is a master over you? Is it sugar? 
I mentioned a feast earlier. I celebrate with a feast. For some of you, you do not need to celebrate with a feast because you have been saying yes to that thing all week long. It is a chance to say, you don't, you're not a master of me. For some of you, it is a video game. It is a chance for you to say, no. what can you not say no to? For some of you, it is work or it is your phone. Slaves cannot say no. And we all have that thing that threatens to, to, to grab hold. It could be a drink. It could be a website. What is it that, that, that is your idol? And it is a chance and opportunity to say, you are not the master of me. Part of it is to, to enjoy God in this time with God, a time of gratitude and thanksgiving and to enjoy. But a part of it is for freedom. Remember that you were slaves. Maybe it's your kid's schedule. Now I'm in your house. Now I'm in your kitchen. Who, who runs the house? Some of you can't say no to your kid's schedule. What, what are those things that threaten to, to grab hold? Rita read this verse earlier. For freedom, Christ has set us free. You're free. Your schedule is yours. And no one is going to... I, I, here's the thing. I don't care about your schedule. I'm going to ask you to do things. And can you do this? Can, can you do this? Can, no one cares more about your schedule than you do. And you have more control over it than anybody else. It is for freedom that Christ has set us free. Stand firm, therefore, and do not submit again to that yoke of slavery. This is, this, Jesus said it. He said, Sabbath was made to meet the needs of people. You need this. And we, we need this almost every week to figure out, hey, I'm not, I'm, this is, this is, not going to be my master anymore and I'm going to enjoy some things in life. I'm going to slow down. I'm not a slave anymore. That original question, why are you so busy? In Exodus, back in Exodus chapter 16, where God says, hey, I'm going to provide this manna for you, this food. He says, eat it today because today is a Sabbath to the Lord. So on the sixth day, he's going to provide double. But on the seventh day of the Sabbath, no food, nothing. He says, you will not find any of it on the ground today. Six days you are to gather it, but on the seventh day, the Sabbath, there will not be any. Why are you so busy? What is it that you're working so hard for? Is it more money? Is it success? Is it to gain the approval of other people? Like, I don't know what it is inside your soul. Of, and, and there's one part of the work ethic. I, I want to work hard. But why can't I stop? What is that? And it says very clearly here, I love it. It says, whatever you're doing on that seventh day, whatever you think you're going to gain, by doing and not stopping, you're not going to find it. Keep going out there, keep looking, keep working, and keep going. But whatever you're searching for, you're not going to find it there. You're not going to find it there. In a, in a weird way, all of this was designed by God. 
We all have this desire and this, this craving and this passion built within us, wired within us for more. There's, there's, there's something more out here or there's, there's something more I need to do or something more that we want, more success, more pleasure, more comfort, more money, more status, more success, more, 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 more. And at a certain point, you start to realize that desire for more was put there by God. But nothing was ever going to satisfy that desire for more than God himself. God put that desire in you and I, saying, I want more, I want more, I want more, I want more. And he's saying, yeah, that was all me. You're supposed to want me. You go and search for status, you go search for success, it's never going to be enough. It's chasing carrots, chasing after the wind, grasping after the wind, you're never going to get it. More money, you're never going to get enough. It was always meant to be filled by God. And then Jesus, going back to where we read about Jesus, he says, the Son of Man is the Lord of the Sabbath. This is who Jesus is. This is the beauty of the Sabbath. Jesus said, I am the Sabbath rest. You start your week out, you start your week out with taking it easy and just enjoying God. All right? And then we go and, and do spiritually speaking Jesus like he starts with grace you want to be made right with God you want a relationship with God you want to have rest for your soul you don't have to do anything you just rest in his love and his grace he loves you just accept it but what do we do we go and do we're like oh no I think I, I got this backwards in order to be made right with God, I got to do this. I got to do that. I got to get clean. I got to get right. I got to do this. I got to do that. I got to do And he's like, no, 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 no. This whole thing is pointed back to Jesus. I have an infinite desire, but a finite soul. And that will lead to restlessness. The Sabbath was made to meet the needs of people, not the people to meet the requirements of the Sabbath. At a certain point, we have to say, enough is enough. <laughs> I have enough. I've had enough. Jesus, you are my enough. So my prayer for you I want you to see that God God provides. Last week, we talked about the God can and God, God can, God's able. This week is like, God's your provider. So I don't know what it, what it is. Why are you so busy? Why are you always on the go? Why can't you stop? But I pray that he has spoken something to you today to see that I need this. I need to slow down. And there might be some changes in my life. I might need to change the pace. But this is a part of just declaring this is Jesus in me. And I trust that he'll provide. So with that, can we stand? Can we stand and can we pray? Say thank you so much for taking the time to listen to the message today. I hope you felt inspired to take your next step of faith with Jesus. Just a couple next steps that you can take coming out of this. One, leave a review or a comment or share this message. That really does spread the message further and faster when you do that. Secondly, if there's a next step that you need to take coming out of this, head on over to our website, click get involved, and let us know exactly how you can take your next 
step, we would love to partner with you in that. And finally, if you have been impacted in a positive way through our ministries or your family has been impacted in a positive way through our ministries, go on over to our website and click give. And if you want to partner with us financially, that would be huge in getting the message of Jesus out through our ministries. Thank you again for stopping by the podcast. Have a wonderful week. God bless.